it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we have been trying, I think, for probably almost six years now to help people understand how truly complex we are as human beings and that we have several different aspects that we need to work on keeping in balance. Those aspects are, of course, our physical. And without your physical health, it is very difficult to accomplish the other three. Um, then we look at the intellectual, you know, keep growing, keep learning throughout your lifetime. The last day of your life should be the last day that you're learning something, in my estimation, at least. And then we look at the emotional well-being, because a lot of times when we're under continuous stress, that is going to impact your ability to learn anything. Also, your ability to stay healthy, because stress all by itself will keep you about as unhealthy as you can possibly be. And then finally, we're looking at our spiritual side. And, you know, Rob and I uh, today are kind of talking about that in a way, because we're going to be talking about the spirits of Christmas or the ghost of Christmas. And I think uh, all of you are going to truly enjoy that show. I've had Rob as a guest, I don't know, maybe four or five times now. And I've certainly enjoyed every single show that I've done with him. Uh, he is an author. He's a paranormal investigator and a medium. And uh, so he can tell you a lot more about what he does and where he does it and how he does it in just a couple minutes. I also want to remind everyone that I have a, a website. It's called SynergyConnectionRadio.com. All of the shows are archived there. So you have over 400 shows if you really want to just binge on a variety of different uh, guests that I've had or topics that I've had. Uh, they're all available there. And of course, they're on the major platforms of Apple and Google and iHeartRadio and Spotify. Um, before we go any further, if you are on that website, uh, I mentioned earlier that the importance of being physically healthy is extremely important if you're going to keep the other aspects of your life in balance. So check out Boomer products. It's on the website. Um, one of the products that I use, and I'm glad that I have used it for so long, uh, is called Gladiator Barley. And that maintains muscle strength. By the time you're 50, you've already lost about 30% of your muscle mass. And by the time you're 80, you've lost over 50% of whatever muscle mass you had in your lifetime. And that's the reason people fall. And I was sharing with um, Rob that, uh, you know, my muscles are good. I, you know, I uh, am very athletic still. And yet um, I was going into the women's restroom at Tampa International Airport. And please don't fall on any federal um, building grounds because they have no ability. You cannot sue if you're on a federal building. Um, so airports, bus stations, courthouses, post office, anything that's federal, if you fall, you're just out of luck. And I went around the corner and ended up flat on the ground on my left side and fractured my left shoulder. And I was very lucky that I did not have to have any surgery and it's healing very quickly. But I'll tell you, um, just knowing what I know about health and wellness, 
that barley can make all of the difference uh, as far as maintaining muscle mass. And that's what holds you upright. So I would encourage everybody to really look at the gladiator barley. If you're uh, approaching 50 and beyond, be sure that you look at it and consider adding that to your diet. It is a sprout. It's not a grain. So even if you're gluten intolerant, you can use this. And it comes out of Canada and it is strictly our product. You cannot get it anyplace else. Um, the other thing I wanna mention is if you're ordering something, uh, there is a discount um, code box by your um, order. And uh, before you check out, be sure you put my name, L-U-C-Y, into that. The company allows me to offer a 15% discount to anybody that is ordering, regardless of what it is. So be sure to take advantage of that. 15% is a nice number, depending on what you're ordering. So, um, all right. So welcome back to the show, Rob. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I wish I could, I wish we could do the show in person together. I think it would be such a fun show to do. And, you know, I was telling you right before we started recording that um, we know that ghosts are made up of a different vibrational frequency than we are when we're in our human bodies. We vibrate at a different level than if you're in a spiritual body. That's correct, as far as you know, right? Yes, yep, absolutely. Okay, and this particular time of the year, do we have more spirits that come back because they miss the holidays or they want to bring a message to us or something like that? Yeah, typically I found that the spirits of our loved ones tend to visit us during the holidays and give us messages. Um, in fact, uh, our friend Ed actually just influenced a neighbor to give us a, a white pickup truck that he, that looked like the one that he drove just before he passed. Uh, so we always know he's around in the holidays. Um, and this is a neighbor that we've not met yet because we just moved into a new area. Uh, so it, it's not a coincidence. It's a message from spirit. So how did that work? I mean, that that he influenced another person to say, I think you need this truck. Yeah. Yep. That's that's pretty much how it works is that uh, spirits will influence people that they know can can interact with us to to give us a sign, although they don't know. It's a sign, but. Um, so what was the reason for him? I mean, that he said to you, I'm not using the truck anymore. And I guess you guys could use it or what? <laughs> oh, no, it's a toy pickup. It's a toy. Oh, Christmas I thought pickup. it was a regular, like a big. No, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, well, that's why I was trying to figure it out. I was like, boy, that's a nice spirit that's intervening on your behalf. So yeah. it was a toy truck. It was a little toy truck with a Christmas tree on the back of it. Oh, for goodness sakes. And it was very much like the truck that he used to drive when he was alive. It was. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how, um, if somebody is talking to you about being visited by, not necessarily like Ebenezer Scrooge and Marley, but being visited by a spirit, a ghost at Christmas time, mm -hmm. what is typically the kind of visit? I mean, are you sleeping or how does that work so <clears throat> i i define uh ghosts as earthbound and spirits as ones that have crossed over 
And the spirits of the, our loved ones are the ones that have crossed over. And they can visit it in our dreams. They can visit us anywhere, anytime, any place in the earth. And, and ghosts are limited to the place in which they decided to stay in the afterlife. So <clears throat> there's a, a big limitation about the earthbound ones versus the ones that have crossed over. Can you go into that a little bit more? Um, sure. So um, if you are on vacation somewhere, um, for instance, if you go to Aruba, <clears throat> you may see someone that looks like someone that passed, or you may see uh, or may hear their name mentioned um, at a certain time when, when you're thinking of them or when it's relevant to some event in their life, <clears throat> like we, we had discussed uh, pets in the afterlife before and that and my dog <clears throat> that passed in February 22nd 2005 had led me to another dog that looked exactly like them in Puerto Rico on that very date to let me know that he's still around so did he want so, you to take that other dog in Puerto Rico no <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a, it's just a it's just a kind of a hello message to to let us know that <clears throat> that we know they're still thinking, we're still mm -hmm. thinking of them. Hmm. I know people that think that a particular, like a monarch butterfly or a swallowtail butterfly, they associate that with maybe a loved one that has died. And every time they see the butterfly, you know, they feel like it's the message saying, I'm still with you. Um, how much of that do you think is coincidence? And they're attributing the feelings toward it and how much could it be that you know the person is still around them and, and showing them that's a good question so in my experience it has to be tied to either a you're thinking of the person before b um the the sight of this particular butterfly coincides with um the anniversary of their passing or their birthday or a special holiday they liked, some kind of event in their lives. So there has to be some correlation with something in their lives when they were alive in order for it to be a sign. Because otherwise, you know, every time you see a butterfly, you yeah. say, oh, that's a sign. And it's really, it doesn't seem to work that way. Right, right. Huh, interesting. Um, so tell me about some of the Christmas ghosts that you have personally encountered or know of somebody who's encountered? Sure. Well, I have a great story for you about the three ghosts of Christmas past <laughs> that I have encountered. Okay. And it was ironic because back in, um, this was about 13 years ago, back in December 2010, I went to see a performance of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And you mentioned um, earlier about the, the ghosts of, of Christmas past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. um, so ironically, there were three ghosts, three actual ghosts that I encountered during the performance of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> wow. And this was at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Have you ever been there? I have not. It's a, it's a fascinating place. Um, so for, for the listeners, that's that's the uh, the sad place where John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Lincoln in, in 1865. So, uh, it but it seemed very, very appropriate that I encountered three ghosts um, of, you know, at, during Christmas in that particular place. Um, 
So the Ford's Theater, by the way, is now owned by and managed by the National Park Service. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it was built in 1833, and I found out that it was actually built as a church. <laughs> um, and uh, and then by 1861, it was made into a theater four years before uh, President Lincoln was assassinated there. Hmm. So there's there's a lot of history. And, and I find, too, that with uh, whenever you go into a church, there's usually a lot of energy, a lot of emotional energy, like residual energy. Mm -hmm. um, but in this particular case, it was not residual. These were actually intelligent or interactive hauntings. And so, so tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get to the uh, the the most the craziest ghost last so i'll i'll kind of tease you okay. all right <laughs> if you will um but um one of the um one of the ghosts tr who tried to get my attention was happened during the middle of the christmas carol production and he kept poking me and uh, i knew it was a man i saw him actually when i turned around just briefly and then uh, and then i couldn't see him but he started coming back to me a couple of times during the production and I was trying to enjoy the show. So, you know, with anybody who keeps interfering when you're trying to watch something, you, you, you kindly ask them to leave you alone. And that's what I did. <laughs> so he finally gave up, I think like after the third or fourth time. Um, the second ghost that I encountered at Ford's theater was uh, an actress. Now these and, are um, all at the same time, though the same production. Oh, it's different same, production. Oh, no, it's at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay, different production. So the one guy has now kind of left you alone, and here comes another one. So there was another one, but fortunately, it was in the intermission. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so the second ghost approached me in the intermission, and and she told me that she was an actress, and. She gave me her name. She told me her name was uh, was Marsha or Marcy. Um, then one of the interesting things that ghosts can do that I found with a medium is they will show you their environment when they lived at that time. So what she showed me was a dressing room backstage and she sat in <clears throat> she sat in front of a mirror so I could see the mirror and I could see her reflection. And it was in the 1860s. Um, so I, what I did see with her is she had long uh, brown curly hair. She was dressed in an off-white lacy dress with a frilly collar. And it was likely that she was performing during the assassination of, of President Lincoln. Oh, wow. And the reason why I think that, and I was able to prove this part, which was crazy, is that she said she was on the streets of Washington, D.C. after the assassination. And as she watched President Lincoln's body being driven through the city <clears throat> on a horse-drawn dark carriage, she showed me a black cloth draped over his coffin. And, you know, I don't <clears throat> know what was going on then, of course. Um, but I thought that was really odd because President's the uh, the coffins of presidents are usually drop draped in a U.S. flag, as far as I know. So when I got home that evening, I <clears throat> I went online and I checked for photos of the president's funeral procession, and sure enough, 
the coffin that was taken by a, a horse-drawn carriage through Washington, D.C., and a black cloth laid over it and not a U.S. flag, just as the actress had shown me. So was there a reason for that? Did you discover, you know, why they used the black cloth? No, I didn't. <clears throat> I, I, I didn't find out why they did that. But to me, that was proof that she was actually there and she was conveying it because I, I didn't know anything about, mm -hmm. about a black cloth. Um, as I said, every time I've seen a president's <clears throat> uh, coffin being transported, it's had the U.S. flag over it. Right. I just wondered if it had anything to do with the Civil War. It very well could have. Um, I, I guess I'll have to I'll have to look it up. <laughs> I think I'll look it up too, just because I'm curious now as to why they would have, you know, gone, um, you know, altered what is normal. And so there there has to be some symbolic reason for that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so that was during the intermission. And now you're back in your seat and the second half of the performance. Well, actually, I saved the best for last, but he came before the performance started. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought maybe he was the finale. Yeah, I wasn't. <clears throat> no, he was the introduction. Um, but because he, and this was so dramatic, um, I thought I would, I thought I would save it. Okay. For last for you. Um, and by the way, all of this, this whole story appears in my book, Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead. Um so before the show, I, I wandered around in the gift shop, as you know, as you normally do when you have time. And um, I was looking at the items and and everything they have for sale. And I sensed that there was um, a man next to me. And I turned my head because I thought it was a I thought it was somebody else like waiting to see the show, and there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. Um, but. I I heard I heard him say map and I thought okay somebody just told me to pick up a map so I went to the, the I, I looked at the shelf in front of me and I picked up uh, a map and it said the map of Booth's escape trail and I got a chill <clears throat> um I realized that the man that was standing next to me was actually John Wilkes Booth Oh my gosh! Um, so there was there there was a lot to him. Um, so he he returns to the theater from time to time because he showed me he told me rather he, he, and he was a very arrogant, just awful person um, in life as he was in death. He said he comes he goes to the theater and he decided to stay at the theater after death because it's the site of his greatest act. Oh my gosh. Um, so you know what what else would you expect from a a, a murderer? Um a narcissistic had, one to boot. <laughs> yeah, a very narcissistic one. Um so apparently, you know, like like many people who committed uh committed murders or crimes or whatever, um, they're afraid to cross over. And that's why he stayed as an earthbound ghost. Um, and it was actually, it was pretty frightening to me that he was there. Um, so in 2011, <clears throat> I came back with um, with a friend of mine, Ruth Larkin. She's uh, she's known as the Beantown Medium. And 
we were just touring her around um, Washington, D.C., and we took her into Ford's Theater. And I didn't tell her anything about my encounter in 2010. Mm -hmm. So we walked into the gift shop and we were looking around and um, suddenly I, I started getting a headache again in the back of the store. And <clears throat> that tells me that there's an earthbound ghost there. Um, and I, I heard a man again say, look up. And I knew it was Booth because as I looked up, right right next to me was a wall of books and souvenirs about John Mullock's booth. So I, mm -hmm. ran into, I ran into him a second time. But when I ran into him, the temperature started to drop. And um, the way I explain cool spots it, as a meteorologist is that because ghosts are energy, they need energy in order to manifest. So what they do is they take the energy of motion of air molecules, fast moving molecules of air are warm air, slow moving molecules of air are cool air. So when they take that energy of motion, they slow the molecules down. And that's why you feel a cool spot whenever there's a ghost or a spirit that's trying to manifest. And that's what how, you mean. How far out does that cold spot go? It's just generally within the area of the person. The person. So if you walked two feet away from that, you might not even know they're there. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's like standing in, in the standing next to a person. You you can sense that they're there. Um, it's like a column of cold air in the shape of a person. Mm -hmm. Do you always see a little bit of the mist or the shape? Do you always see that, or is it sometimes? Uh, just a, a feeling, an intuitive knowing that that person is there. It's really more of an intuitive knowing. I, I very rarely do I see um, ghosts or spirits. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, but he let me know <laughs> that he was there because of the the cool spot. Um, and so so that older that than on uh, the other two. Do you remember that? Was his maybe a colder? You know, because because he was a person who had killed, I don't think the other two probably had killed, but um, would there be a degree of temperature difference in somebody who was more, I don't know, like a, had been a very negative, um, angry, you know, person in life versus maybe the actress? Would there be a difference in the temperature of her versus somebody like John Wilkes Booth? That's a good question. It doesn't seem to me to be a factor of their personality. It just depends on um, how adamant they are in getting enough energy yeah. <laughs> to convey the message. So, Do they ever try and take your personal energy to get that message going? Can you tell? Um, sometimes they do. Hmm. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was in Tombstone, Arizona, I had a ghost walk through me. Uh, and wow suddenly I felt a chill. I was totally chilled and I was covered with goosebumps mm. and, and I felt weak. <clears throat> and that was, it was only for about maybe 20 seconds, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely possible. Interesting. I had something happen to me many years ago and uh, maybe you can explain this. I was at um, a, it was a church actually that was out in the country and they were having a psychic event and um, 
I didn't know back in at the, I mean, this has probably been 30 years ago now. I really didn't know much about protecting myself mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the energy that I understand today. I did not understand very well back then. And some entity, I don't know whether it was male or female, child, elderly person, some entity got hold of me and I immediately was sick. I mean, it was, it was just like, wow. Um, I, um, I had a horrible headache. Um, I was very nauseated and, um, and I felt like the only answer is that I needed to leave that area. There was something going on there that was happening to me by being there. And so I left and went home. Unfortunately, home was only about 20, 25 minutes away. And I didn't even go in the house right away. Um, it, it's crazy because Brooms have always been therapeutic. Now, don't even ask me exactly why, but if I'm trying to figure something out mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I can sweep uh, a porch, it makes a difference. It's like it it's somehow the rhythm of using a broom settles me down so that I can process maybe. And so that's what I did is I grabbed a broom. And as I did that, I began to feel better and better and better. So about an hour after I got home, I was okay. And I don't think I used the broom more than maybe a half an hour because we had a really long porch in the back of our house. Um, but uh, does that make any kind of sense that a spirit can enter and actually affect a person physically? Um, I think that... Uh... I'm not sure about entering, but what I've found is that earthbound ghosts or spirits that have crossed over will make us feel the illnesses that they had before. Uh -huh. they passed. And I think that's probably what you were feeling is that they were they were sharing that so that they would they would confirm their identity to you. But it made you so ill that you had to get away from it. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, they didn't come with me. <laughs> yeah thankfully they did not yeah they stayed wow. you know at that church area i'm pretty sure um so let's talk for a minute about like children that maybe die during the holidays or babies that die during the holidays is that different if, if they're like at christmas time than maybe an adult um you mean in terms of coming back and giving messages yes mm-hmm um, I think that any any child, if very very young, um, would likely get help from a, a uh, an adult spirit to come back and give messages. Hmm. So it's just it's it's similar to the way pets work too. Is that if there's uh, if they need help, they'll get it from a human in adult in in spirit. One of my favorite Christmas stories, actually was the littlest angel did you ever read that as a as a child yourself it's it's been a long time <laughs> it's just a very sweet story because it's about a little boy who dies when he's only maybe four or five and it's back in before jesus was born and so the way they said it is that um, all the angels in heaven know that the christ child is going to be born and so everybody is get, getting gifts together. And of course, the older angels are thinking, you know, like harps and flutes and, you know, things that are much more dramatic that they want to give to the child as a gift. And the little boy 
asks for permission to go back to his bedroom and there's a box under his bed that has a butterfly in it and a stone that he used to skip and his dog's <laughs> favorite collar. And so, of course, that becomes the star of Bethlehem is the way the story goes, because uh, the Christ child chooses that as his favorite gift. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I've forgotten it. Well, it's a beautiful story to read to a, a child that's young. I mean, it, the pictures are are lovely in it. And it, it's, so it's a very um, meaningful story, I think, about what the true meaning maybe of Christmas is. A lot of times we forget that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, totally agree. So what else can you tell us about Christmas Ghost? Um, there was one other um, one other part to that story about John Wilkes Booth, by the way. Um, uh -huh. My friend Ruthie also sensed that there was a man and who was a very arrogant, headstrong, awful person in that particular location. And I, I asked her to turn around and look where she was. And, and sure enough, she was in front of the display of John Wilkes Booth materials. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. She, and then. Um, no, she could just feel it, huh? Yeah. Um, so we actually talked to the people in the gift shop and we asked them if there were any odd things that happened. And they confirmed that, yes, the, the lights would go on and off by themselves. Um, things would be moved within the gift shop. Um, the door would be locked or unlocked when, when it wasn't supposed to be. Um, and I think that, um, it, that, that where the gift shop is now used to be the alleyway where John Wilkes Booth, uh, got on his horse and fled to Southern Maryland. So that would, that would make sense to me. Um, and actually the year following in 2012, another friend of mine who's a medium on the Inspired Ghost Tracking team, Troy Klein, called me or um, from the gift shop in Ford's Theater and said, Rob, um, there's a really arrogant man here, ghost inside of Ford's Theater. And I said, are you in the gift shop? And he said, yes. Why? And I said, well, <laughs> where are you? And he said, I'm right near the display of John Wilkes Booth. And then he gasped and he said, oh, my <laughs> gosh. So John Wilkes Booth was confirmed now by three mediums. Wow. Yeah. You think he'll stay there forever? I think so. Um, you know, as far as I can, uh, you know, I hate to, I hate to kind of be mean, but he can he can rot there. For <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, based on what you said a little earlier, um, like he might be afraid to go because yeah. in his mind, he's going to hell. Right. And um, so, you know, he's he's not going to leave because, you know, he wants to stay protected and he believes he's protected there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I, I think he's going to be there for a long, long time. <laughs> Well, if the theater crumbles down around him someday, a hundred years from now or two hundred years from now, uh, or, you know, and it's gone, I guess his entity will have to go someplace else. So that's an interesting question because that's one of the things that I address in um, in my books is that when when a ghost chooses to inhabit a certain structure that they're mm -hmm. familiar with in life, and the structure doesn't exist anymore, what happens to them? Mm -hmm. What I've found is that they actually seek out the next closest structure so that's why sometimes people who build new homes may have a ghost in it because the ghost has come from a, another place 
Um, I experienced that in Thornbury Castle in England when the ghost of a gentleman that I found out was Prince Rupert back in the 1500s had fought in a war, not a mile from the castle. And oh. the castle was the only sitting existing structure close to that battlefield uh, where he suffered a tremendous loss. Um, and that's why he chose to inhabit the Thornberry Castle, even though he had never been in it before in his life. So they would look for some structure that would probably be in the same era that yeah. might still be there. You know, there'd be some similarities of time, at least. Um, I wonder what happens if, you know, like um, there's a war and there's, you know, city blocks maybe more than just a couple of miles that are gone and then, you know, new things come up. So the spirit would keep moving out until he found or she found something that was about the same time frame, maybe, huh? Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How did you like Thornberry? Oh, I loved it. It's <laughs> it, they turned it into a luxury bed and breakfast. And it's uh, it's a castle that uh, that uh, Henry VIII took over after he executed the owner of Thornbury Castle because he was a threat to Henry's throne. <laughs> so get rid of anybody who's a threat. <laughs> yeah, leave, leave it to Henry VIII. Do you, um, is there anything you want to share as we come to the end of the show about Christmas ghosts that you think people would find um, interesting or? you know, something to that they can hold on to about maybe a loved one that is visiting them. Sure. So the, our loved ones absolutely do visit us during the holidays. And it's very important that you look for signs. You may hear, for instance, you may hear uh, their favorite Christmas carol come on. Mm. Um, right, right when you're thinking of them. Um, I know my dad, uh, my dad's favorite was I'll be home for Christmas. Mm. Um, and my mother and dad both loved a song that I used to play to death for them by Kenny and Dolly <laughs> called With Bells On. So whenever I hear that, I know they're around. Oh, um, okay. So songs are, are, are one of the ways that they can convey their presence. Um, but they can also bring you to uh, see certain objects that remind you of them. Um, you may hear their name mentioned. You may find something that you haven't seen in years that belongs to them. Um, I know that uh, one year I needed a wallet for for a Christmas present, and my mother called me um, as I was thinking about the wallet. My mother called me on the phone like minutes later, and she said, "By the way, I just found a, a wallet, a brand new wallet from your father from your father's uh, night table that he never used, and my father had passed years before." And she said. I think that he would want me to give this to you. And I just thought, wow. I um, <laughs> that could not be more accurate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool that my dad was giving me a Christmas present for something I needed mm -hmm. <laughs> years after he had passed. So that's uh -huh. a way. I think that's a beautiful way to end our show because um how how much more meaningful could that be? Or, you know, a piece of jewelry that just suddenly appears that maybe was lost and it belonged to, you know, a loved one. So mm -hmm. I think that's, oh, those are beautiful stories. Thank you. You bet. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Are you doing anything special yourself? Oh, we're celebrating with my younger brother for the first time in a long time. 
<clears throat> now that we live is that going to be up east or where is that? Oh, we live up north in New England. In New England. Okay. So you'll probably have a white Christmas. I hope so. <laughs> How about chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Will that exist too? Yeah, I can skip the chestnuts. I I, I prefer uh, cakes and cookies. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then we'll we'll make sure that there's cakes, cookies, and maybe a gingerbread house in your future. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that you have a truly beautiful Christmas and a very, very happy new year and that the coming year brings you much success. Um, and everybody, please share this show with others because, you know, we do think about our loved ones that have passed over and our animals that are no longer with us. And, you know, Rob is there to help you make those connections if you choose to do so. Um, certainly all of the links on how to get hold of you, Rob, will be on my um, synopsis, you know, on the different platforms. So people will be able to reach out to you. Thank you. You're very welcome. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. I wish you speedy healing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I hope Santa brings you a lot of treats. I hope so too. I've been a good girl. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to sign off and we'll see everybody the next time we do our show. Uh, there have been a few openings uh, lately because of my injury, but I think I'm back on track now. So we'll be doing at least one show every week. So again, thank you, Rob. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah and all the other things. And we will see everybody in the very near future. Please go out there and make this your best life. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.